It's absolutely, absolutely disgusting. Uh, sorry? I, it, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. It is, it is violence and oppression towards those who have breasts. I really don't know what you're on about. Just, just, the, it just, it just leaps out and just, just causes just dreadful harm to people. It's, it's expensive to resolve. I, Nobody I'm, likes it. I'm I'm sorry. What what is this this problem? That what, what what's happening? You know when the underwine uh, underwine just <gasps> oh. goes and just stabs you <gasps> in the tip. Oh, mm, that mm, that is oppression. Absolutely Brett. disgusting. I agree. That is oppression of the highest order. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. We're back. We're here again. It's a podcast for two queer trans ladies who talk about the media we've consumed during the week. Two weeks. Two weeks, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was a bit sleepy last week. Because you got your jabby stabby. Yeah, I got my new science I, juice. I got my first science juicy stabby jabby with that 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 futuristic tech. I got the Valneva vaccine mm. and responded very well to it. I was, however, very sleepy when I got home. I don't know how much you of that done is... done like eight hours of social. Yeah, I didn't know how much of that was the vaccine and how much was I spent eight hours in a hospital having to be sociable. Because when you do... When you do science trials you don't just get to walk in and have your vaccine it's like okay here's lots and lots of strangers you don't know and sounds deal with it for a while to be fair i you know i had a vast emotional struggling after what 20 minutes of talking to people when i went we we had we had the two extremes of difficult social situation because you had Shorter burst of much more intense social. Mm. Lots of sounds, lots of strangers, lots of stuff very quickly. I had much quieter, much gentler, but much more prolonged. Yeah. I had I had many hours of okay, okay, who who am I social with? Oh, who do I have to spend two hours sat quietly in a room with? While they try and steal your biscuits. While they try and steal my biscuits. That woman really wanted to steal my biscuits. She wanted your biscuits real bad. Yeah, I had to share a quiet room with someone for two hours waiting to, like, actually get stabbed after they'd done all the tests and there was a woman who, she was very hungry and she was eyeing up me biscuit. And I was like, I don't want to socialise with you and this is my biscuit. <laughs> Uh, so what have you played this 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 week? <laughs> this fortnight. Um uh, surprisingly not played a huge amount, yeah. really. Uh we we did another session of Scythe, Rise of Fenris. Yes, we did. I got to play as uh, as a, a new faction. I got to play as the Venza faction. Yeah. Um Vesna. I, I got to I like how that, that faction plays. Um so when you have the mech abilities that, like, when you put this mech out, you get this ability for your faction. I liked the whole, here is a bag of abilities, pull some things out of it and work out how many of them you want to place where on the board. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. So you draw six and you place between two and four anywhere on your mech positions. So as soon as you yeah. build that particular mech, you get that power. Yeah. And I I quite enjoy Vesna's uh, inbuilt ability of... You start with three factory cards from the centres. You start off very powerful, potentially, but every time you use a factory card, it is discarded rather than just... It doesn't stay there permanently, mm-hmm. which gives... It's a very different, like, here is a lot to start with, 
but you're gonna be limited in the later game because of it. Yes. Um, yeah, it was an it was an interesting game we had. There yeah, was good. a new mechanic introduced mm. that I was like, no, this is antithetical to how we've been playing. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I have to deal with mechanics I haven't thought about in a while. Yeah, we haven't had to deal with combat for a while. Luckily, it wasn't like proper combat. No, but it I was... feel like the next chapter is going to be proper combat again. But I'm so out of practice at combat. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. You just put a card in and do the thing. Yeah. And then you have the thing. It's fine. It's so yeah. fine. Don't worry. We're we we are yeah. We've so we've done four chapters so far. Mm. There are four to go. Yeah. And 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 everything's gonna change in the next four. <laughs> we've still got a bunch of boxes to open, mystery boxes to open for uh, for the rest of the campaign. But we do. Yeah. Who knows what will happen? I assume it will be something to do with. I mean, Fenris Rising. You you know you've played through it once I have before. I've played through it once already, and yeah. I know because you I know at least one thing that's coming up because yeah. I remember the first time you played through this. Uh, I believe next session we have the mysterious, have the mysterious box, box that, just that just sits, sits on, the on the board. So that's going to be fun to deal with. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Um, well, what about you? Who plays anything uh, else? We played a game together. One of the things that came in the Zatu box that I don't Ooh. think we will be looking for more of. Ooh. So Ooh, we played an escape room in a box called The Pendulum of the Dead. Yeah. Um, so 50 clues yes 50 for? clues pendulum of the dead so the idea of this is you have a deck of like 50 cards um and basically you you have a phone app that you input codes on to solve problems and it will tell you to draw the next card out of the deck to get the next set of problems yeah. so you've got to go various through a narrative of codes you've got uh codes with black belt borders which are just you've got this type it into the thing it will tell you a thing yeah then you've got uh, red numbers, which you will combine with the numbers on a different yeah. card. So you might be like, here's a fire and here's a fire extinguisher. I'll put both codes in and maybe I'll put the fire out. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so we'll get to the problems in a second. fascinating. Yeah. Puzzles, really rather good. B- biggest problem I had with it mechanically is the arbitrary limiting of it to 30 uses because it requires yes. you to put in... A serial code on the inside of the box that can only be used 30 times, which, honestly, for a play and pass, in practice, that's probably not going to make much difference because most most play and pass games will not make it through 30 people before they either get worn out or stop circulating because people ran out of people to give it to. Um, but just on principle, it sucks. Mm. Um, but like the puzzles were well, well balanced. There was a good variety of them. Yeah. Very creative solutions to some yeah, of them. There good. weren't too many in this where we were like, I don't understand the concept yeah. of this puzzle. And the hint system was like multiple tiers of hints, so you could get like a little bit of a hint yeah. and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing now. Um, should we talk about the 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 inherent problem with this one? Okay, so the the game starts off with the plot point that uh, your character is uh, in a uh, mental health um, facility. Yeah, that um, they there there was some involvement with a suitcase with a dead child in it. Yeah, um, and that um, the. Uh, King Leopold II uh, didn't die is this sort of weird spirit and is doing evil things. And you need to break out of the facility and to go... stop the bad things stop happening. Stop the bad thing happening. So 
we're going to talk some spoilers here. We do not recommend anyone play this game. Don't. So, don't. like, don't give these people money. Yeah, we're going to talk spoilers. Skip ahead if you don't want to hear them, but fuck it, you probably want to hear this. Um, yeah. So the whole point of this trilogy of games, of which we played the first, is that no. No, there's not an evil ghost that's destroying the world. Um, you're you're just mentally ill. Um, you're a mentally ill person who was broken out of a mental health facility and isn't taking the medication. Yeah. So a lot of things that you do that are justified as yes, but it is necessary to save the world, like kidnapping a child and murdering their caregiver in front of them, and a um, lot of we we like within the first like few puzzles of this game we had knocked out a uh an orderly at the hospital and chopped his, and chopped his thumb off to use on a on a security yeah card. a lot of things that like mm, like i get what they're go- i get what they were going for here but no it it does the plot of this just comes across as lol nope they were mentally ill and that made them dangerous Keep them, keep them locked up. They're all dangerous, the mentally ill ones. Yeah, it's... this is a trilogy, so they want you to spend, like, at, at retail price, these are £15 each. So they want you yeah. to spend £45 to find out in the end that, lol, no, it wasn't You've... It wasn't really uh, an evil yeah. ghost. That... You've been complicit in murder and kidnapping and all these horrible things for no reason. You were mentally ill. And according to review, like spoilery reviews, I I looked up online. Like this involves murdering children. Yeah. This involves. Uh, well, there was a hint in the narrative in this first episode that like there the was the child there was... that was in the suitcase had been murdered by you. Yes. There there was an implication that you were gonna have to kill thirteen children. Um, and yeah, we do not recommend this. Don't, don't. Like it was a mechanically good. Uh, it was a mechanically. And consequently, don't buy anything game, else but... from that publisher because fuck them. Yeah, yeah. So be very fucking cautious of this and its sequels. Uh, that was that was a shame of a thing we played. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why they had to chuck it in the new release box, because fuck trying to sell it, especially if anyone knows yeah. anything about the plot. Do not recommend. That's 50 Clues. Uh, the Pendulum, Pendulum of the, the dead, dead is the first one, yeah. What about you? What else have you played this week? Uh, not this week, but last week I played uh, Call of the Sea. Tell me about Call of the Sea. Hmm. So, <laughs> what can you say about Call of the Sea? It's a puzzle game. Like, so basically, um, when I started editing accessibility, mm. a lot of the stuff was around the launch of the Xbox Series X and S. Yes. And uh, obviously, in that launch footage, there was some beautiful scenery of this. Call of the Sea yeah. game. It's basically the only like co- uh, colourful cell shaded art style thing they advertised around the launch of that console. And screenshots, especially from the like opening areas, are absolutely stunning. Yeah. Like there's beautiful sunny days, these beautiful waterfalls. Yes. Uh, just like incredibly high saturation on a, on mm. a lot of the areas. It is stunning to look at. But the story is about. This woman who's got this skin condition that's apparently making mm. her really ill, and her husband goes off uh, around some islands. I can't remember which island Cheney is. Mm. Trying to find a cure for her, believing that you know some 
tribe somewhere, and this is set in the like nineteen twenties, I think it is. Yes, the height of colonialism, and uh... it's yeah, it's it's like it's very much still. Hey, the empire, woo! The world belongs to Britain. Y- yeah, and it's oh, this this white woman is having problems, so her husband's dragged a bunch of people round and and invaded isle- little islands and caused problems with. Uh, what is clearly historical issues involve themselves in in um, like local inhabitants and such. Mm-hmm. And now there's this story about oh, it turns out that um, spoilers for the end of the game, uh, aliens crashed on Earth and they were using this stuff to turn. Uh, they had their own slaves already, but they were also turning human slaves, the islanders, into uh, mer people to make them live forever, so they would have slaves forever to help help them do this thing. And at some point, they seemingly left, and the 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 husband has got all tied up in this, and apparently got like infected by the black oil and all of the people that he was with like all of the people he dragged on this mission had died as a result of interacting with this thing and the puzzles are all right but like oh <laughs> jesus yeah it's it's at its core this is a 3d explore the island solve basic puzzles yeah so like puzzle as you game. as you click on things you will get like a filled out little journal yeah, and it'll be like, "Hey, I can make connections," and that basically works as a kind of hint system. But if you didn't click on something and solve the puzzle and moved on, and you later need to refer to it, you don't have that information because you didn't click on it. Aha! Uh-huh. Luckily, like you don't have to go too far for most of the things, and for a lot of areas, you can just go back. But like, yeah, there's there's lots of bits that felt a bit like, ah, oh, this is this is this is stuff that could be easily missed. Some puzzles are just really really convoluted. Like towards the end, there's a whole thing where you've got to make um like star shape uh star uh um like astrological symbols Const- constellations constellations appear on this thing on the floor as you progressively unlock more and more shapes that you can click on. <gasps> it's like. Uh, no, thank you. I don't know. No. Um, yeah, there were a few times when I was just like, fuck this puzzle. There's also a lot of backtracking. Yeah. And it suffers very much with 3D puzzle game problems. Hmm. Where it's like, okay, you've you've because you wanted to make this 3D, I can look in any direction. I can walk for fucking miles. How do I know what's important? If I don't get close enough to it, the eye icon that sort of signifies that something can be clicked on doesn't show up at all. And if something doesn't uh, show up at all, then... Or or uh, it was a white thing I needed to click on, and the eye icon is white, so I couldn't actually see the icon when I was hovering over the thing. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. It was on uh, Game Pass, so there was that. But at the same time, no, 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 thank you. No. Uh, what about you? You played anything else? We played a couple of other board gamey game type things. Uh, we played Monopoly Bid. Ugh. Um, the main benefit this has over Monopoly is it's a hell of a lot shorter. 
Yes, you can play it in about five minutes. Um, it is heavily luck based. Entirely luck based. Uh, yeah, basically, it's uh, there's there's a little element of strategy in terms of fake out making someone spend more than they need to. It's basically draw a handful of cards. You will have man, you'll have uh, between one and five. Yeah, you'll have you'll have money. currency. Draw more cards, um, steal a person's property, and block or, someone doing yeah, it. Yeah, block do, do someone doing an action. But it's basically, um, we'll turn over a a, a location from from the board. Uh, you bid back and forth. Whoever bids the most gets that property. Complete three sets of properties, you win. And yeah, they're not sh- even named properties because it's yeah. an international product. So it's just like I got. F- this is the blue thing. It wants me to. It's. A, it says it's a set of three. So if I can find three things in that color, or I can find that one and two like of any wild one, ones. Two wild ones. Yeah. And once you've got a set, you can't like block or take that away. Yeah. Like there is there is a small element of can I make someone think I'm bidding a large amount. For the thing they want, so they'll bid a larger amount, but actually I bid a very small amount and now they've wasted some money. There's a little bit of that, but ultimately, whoever has better luck with um, the pl- getting the plus two cards, because those just increase card economy, which is like... There's a reason that Pot of Greed got banned out of Yu-Gi-Oh! is because plus two to card economy is always good, it's never not good. Uh, but it's just who gets the more plus twos and has the higher money values in their hand is probably going to win because it's such it's such a short game that there's not really time for you to come back from well I didn't have enough money to outbid you at all. Yeah, we played what three games was it? Yeah. So on the first game it was just a okay, well that was that was over quickly. Uh didn't we've got the hang of how the rules work. Let's give it another go. So we played the the second game and it was like okay, that was over a bit quickly, but Felt that was a bit luck based. On the third game, you got seven plus two cards. Yeah. Throughout the entire, I got yeah. none. Most of the amounts of money I was getting were s- like singles, just ones. Yeah. You had like threes, fours, and fives at least. Yeah. Like, if if you get lots of draw extra card cards, just by law of numbers, you're going to win. Yeah. You're going to be able to outspend other players. Yeah. And you're gonna have more. You're gonna have more nopes on hand with which to stop people stopping you. You're just if you draw a lot of plus twos, you're gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> like it. It's 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 like Monopoly. It's not a fun game, but it is it, mercifully over quick. It wasn't like. Here's the thing. If I sat down and played a game of this with someone, I wouldn't be like, "Well, that was a waste." Like that was terrible. I'd be like, eh, "That was." Uh, that was fine. It was nothing. Really. It was terrible. It's just nothing. Yeah, it's it's nothing. Like it's barely even a game. Uh, so I'm about... sure kids will love it. <laughs> what about you? What did you play this week? Uh, we played Takenoko. Yes, we did. We this, did. This it's... was a much better board game. This we was played. a much better board game. It's about pandas eating bamboo. It's about pandas eating bamboo in a garden of trying to grow bamboo. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you uh, have 
two actions on your turn. Yeah. You roll a dice to see what random thing is going to happen on your turn. Basically, and that might be... what's the weather and how will that impact play? Yeah, so that might be like uh, an extra action or you get to do the same action twice. Mm. Or somebody moves in some direction or is yeah. frightened in some direction. Uh, you've basically got... Uh, you can score points by arrangements of how the garden is laid out. Mm. Uh, what your panda has eaten and like are there certain amounts of bamboo in certain colours that have grown uh, yeah. you have a gardener who moves around and uh, where they move to in uh, consecutive hexes of the same colour they will grow more bamboo mm. and you have a panda that just wants to eat bamboo so yeah. it will move into a place and as long as it's not fenced off they will eat that bamboo and you have an act. The the sort of final action that I probably should have mentioned earlier is, you can draw three tiles off of the the uh, garden stack, pick one to put down somewhere, attach it to the uh, the pond, or make sure that it's irrigated, and it will grow bamboo. And you put the other two on the bottom in any order. Yeah. So you're sort of extending the board out, making sure things are watered, uh, and trying to just fulfil whatever your uh, objective cards are. Yeah. So the thing I like about this game is that it is so simple in terms of turn order. There is very little you have to remember, mm -hmm. but there is enough complexity to the board that you have a lot of options of how to enact those those basic things. Okay. So it's roll the dice, what's the weather, uh, what bo bonus does that give me? I think all of uh, what one nice thing is that basically all of the bonuses offered are positive things. Um, I would yeah. say the have a double turn is the most powerful one. But, like, none of them are, like, bad options. They're all just like, okay, yeah, I can work yeah, with you've this. got, like, three, three or four of those double turns. So by the end of the game, you were, like, three turns ahead of me. Yeah. Or two, um, two, at least two turns ahead of me. And still, that wasn't really a problem. Yeah. I think I won in the end, didn't it, I? I believe so, yeah. yeah. It, it's a slow enough paced game that, even with those bonus actions, it's not like you're going to race ahead uh, too yeah. badly. Uh, but yeah, then you've got your little board that's just like, uh, do I, uh, how do I, what do I want to do on the board? And do I want to take some more, uh, do I want to use my turn to get some more quests yeah. to try and accomplish? Um, and all of them are very visually laid out, so it's very clear to understand what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so you've got three types of objectives. You've got panda objectives, which is about, usually about what you, you can eat. Yeah. You've got gardener objectives usually about how tall can you grow your uh, bamboo in certain colours and in certain specific areas or with certain conditions. Yeah. Well, not not even how tall can you grow your bamboo. How tall can a piece of bamboo end up being uh, grown? Because yeah. if someone else makes a tall stack of bamboo somewhere and you have an objective card <laughs> that says have a stack of this high, you can redeem it, yep. which is... Nice. Um, um, and the other ones are uh, like about layout specifically. Yeah. So it might be have three green bits of, of uh, garden laid out in this sort of shape. Uh, all irrigated. All irrigated. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, uh, all with something. With in a them. water source or something. Uh, or, yeah, or all with an upgrade and, and or with no upgrades. And it's just like, okay, yep, I know exactly how to do that. I've matched that. I get this number of points. Yeah. Usually, obviously, higher points for like um, more, more specific, complicated. Yeah. Uh, more more complicated, or like of of land types that are there are just less of in the deck. Yeah, uh, it's a really simple but pleasant game. It's yeah. got a very nice laid back uh, feel to it. It's mm. not 
complicated to teach. The components are nice. Um, the box is very tiny. Oh yeah, like this is this is just a very charming game. Oh. Um, I'm very excited to play this with our board gaming friends yeah, at some I point. So. I think they'd enjoy it. We're getting there. Yeah, we got a countdown now. We yeah. we know roughly when we're both gonna be good. Look at us both half jabbed. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. coming up soon. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Uh, oh, what about you? Played anything else? Um, I played I played Bio Mutant. Boo. Uh, Boo also is. So, first of all, let's just get out of the way. THQ Nordic. Um, the, the, they're the publisher for this game. They're so terrible. Boo and also they were going to do an AMA on Eight Chan of all places. Ugh. Um, Forget, like, like literally this evening. THQ oh, yes. decided to post a bunch of quotes of people <laughs> yes. saying they didn't like the game. Oh no, no, it's more than that. They tweeted they tweeted out two different reviews by two different people, one of whom liked the world design and one of whom did not like the world design, with a sort of confused what the fuck? What the fuck? You have mean, to make your own decision it, about our uh, crappy game. Yeah, it it seemed like it seemed like they were trying to imply like reviewers don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They can't decide if it's good or bad. I'm like, that's two different people. It's not contradictory for two people to have different opinions. Yeah, it's not like one one person literally says. It's a great world, but the combat's bad, and the other one's like, I really like the combat in this game. Yeah. Also, fun fact, if you look up both those reviews, both of those are overwhelmingly negative reviews. So when they're like, oh, the critics can't make up their minds. No, the critics can make up their mind that the game's bad. They're just, you know, debating why it's bad. Y yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't seen this, it is a sort of open-ish world uh, action-adventure 3D game where you play as a little um, marsupially anthropomorphic animal person, plays a little bat rat cat cat person um with biomutation powers um so plot what happened yeah so plot wise this is 100% zero subtlety humans fucked up the planet with pollution now there's now there's animal people humanity fucked off to space go 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 fight some animals for reasons go save the world tree or whatever the plot's kind of nothing the um, plot's crap yeah so I'll get to the, the I'll get to the the really crap stuff in a minute. We'll we'll start with the combat. Um seems alright. The combat was yeah, it was fine. Yeah. yeah. A few hours in it maybe even gets good, but like it takes here's the thing, you've got to play like five, six hours of this before I would even call the combat good. And even then it never reaches great. It's never really good combat. It's like, okay, at its peak, it's it's a, it's a bit floaty, but it feels real, right? Um, the melee combat feels more fun than the gunplay, but the problem is, is that this game has a really wild difficulty curve, mm. which means that often you will run into creatures where it's like, if this thing punches me twice, I'm dead. I better just do the thing that's not fun but is safe, which is stand at a distance, shooting it very slowly with running my infinite in ammo gun, running around in circles. This isn't fun, but it's how I'll win. Yeah, like, for, for the bosses, that seemed to be the only real way to effectively do that. I mean, yeah, a lot of them have attacks that have, like, three quarters of a circle of effective range of where they're going to hit that hit very quickly and are too large for you to 
back away from? Like, there's several where it's like, I don't know how I'm supposed to not get hit by this. And not in a fun, Dark Souls-y way. Yeah. Uh, um, the the game looks pretty enough. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's it a... looked pretty when we saw it at PC Gamer Weekend yeah. in 2017. And it still looks pretty. Um, I like the running animation on all fours for the protagonist. Yeah. But let's get to the bad stuff. Namely, the fucking narrator and the <laughs> narrative. Um, so this game has a narrator. Um, think knockoff version of the Stanley Parable narrator in terms of voice. It who... sounds like um, Keith Riding, yeah. Uh, it's not the same person, it's but it's 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 a knockoff sound alike. Is it Richard Riding? I don't know from the head, but it's not the same person. Um, but this narrator loves to sound like they're saying intellectual, smart, interesting things about your journey, but without... They use a lot of words to say fucking nothing. Like, right at the start of the game, you walk up to a a, a physical uh, crossroads, and it's like, ooh, a crossroads. This is like life, isn't it? You either pick a direction or you die. And then you pick a direction and maybe you go left, and they're like, ooh, how interesting, you went left. Sometimes left is right. I'm like, within that first interaction, I was like, oh no, you're going to tell me nothing of any interest. You're just going to talk at me. And very much so. He just talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and thinks he's much more clever than he is. Oh, apparently there's a way to turn it off. Oh, you can turn it off uh, on the overworld, his random quips, but you can't turn off any of the times that are scripted moments where it stops the character moving for him to talk at you. Oh, and you can't turn it at him off in conversations, which is what I'm about to get to. Yeah, because that conversation with the king just Ye- seemed... Oh, I, I was getting annoyed just yes, watching that, it. It's such a good example of what this game is terrible at. So um, when you have conversations with NPCs, what will happen is with no text on screen, you'll watch the animal NPC talk in gibberish. Go, yeah, they'll do a Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, and then they'll stop, and then on-screen text will appear if you've got subtitles on, and the narrator will very slowly and long-windedly... Um, I was going to say paraphrase, but paraphrase suggests he's making it shorter and more more concise. He recounts, usually in the third person, but not always, what the person just said, which really slows down the pacing of, of the narrative. E- even... Even at its best, it makes narrative moments feel like a chore. It makes them drag. It makes them painful to go through. But it's worse when the narrative has a real habit of repeating itself and saying Mm -hmm. the same thing in the same wording multiple times in a conversation. And there's like the about an hour and a half into this game is the conversation that broke me. Uh, and it's that one with the king, where mm-hmm. basically four times in the same conversation, it, you will have the narrator go, uh, the king wants unity because uh, he he thinks that's for the greater good. Um, yeah, uni- what was it? Unity for the greater good. Uh, he has a code of honour. That's it. Uh, he wants unity for the greater good because of his code of honour. He says this the same way four times in the same conversation, and by the fourth time he's saying it, where it's like... The king wants unity for the greater good. I'm just like, no, stop it. My brain's hurting. Yeah, so, like, 
don't get me wrong, he's got a lovely voice. He, I would love he to does. hear him read bedtime stories or like fucking whatever the BBC like bedtime yeah. story is. But like, no, no, this is bad. Yeah, because like, here's the thing: if you cut out the repetition, if you could deal with that, I don't even hate him. The the thing is, like, I would. If you got rid of the gibberish and or just had him talk over the gibberish, I wouldn't mind it so much because that would fix a lot of the pacing. Um, it's the having to listen to the gibberish and then it stops and then he talks completely kills the pacing. Also, I cannot stand how frequently he... Uh, the way he's written in the script... Um, so this is in a post-apocalypse... They know very well the full details of the post-apocalypse. They can talk about human pollution and machinery and nuclear toxic waste fallout. All of that's fine. But then your character will see a guitar and the narrator will be like, Ah, a twing-twang from that makes the plinky-plonkies. Oh, that, an elevator? No, that's a upsy-downy box. Uh, oh, that's a satellite. Don't you mean a, a ping-ping circle? It's... It's Genius. like it sounds like trying to make like it's shoehorning in toddlerisms for no reason and it feels very out of place. Yeah, because um, you either have to like do that for everything or yeah, not. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, they apparently needed to understand, you know, biological yeah. waste o and radiation radiation yeah. and shit. Also, the the game has a fascination with hacking puzzles even when it makes no sense. Tuning the guitar is a hacking puzzle. I mean, the same the same no way for tuning. <laughs> the same mechanics are used for hacking a computer and tuning a guitar are the same mini game. Um uh also this game <sighs> Clearly they've put a lot of thought into world building and trying to create a huge world. And they make the mistake that so many Dungeons and Dragons players make where they want to throw in references to their 50 page backstory all in session one. Mm -hmm. And they're dropping names of things that you have no clue what that is. And not you're going to forget it by the time it comes up again. They just love to be like... Oh, there's a word you don't know. There's a word you don't know. There's a word you don't know. Isn't our world so big and mysterious? I'm like, no, I just wanna. I'm barely started the game. I want to understand what your world is. Also, like, there was the whole thing where you'd been playing it for what four hours at this point, and it was like, we're gonna have a flashback to you as a kid. Oh, yeah. And you're gonna learn how to fight. Oh yeah, the the, the it. <sighs> <laughs> the plot doesn't know how to progress. I've been playing for, yeah, multiple hours and it's like, we're going to have a 45 minute long flashback that basically boils down to, um, you, you dug some trash out of a trash pile. Good. You know how to craft. You dug some clothes out of a clothing pile. You can craft clothes. Mum taught you how to fight. Now she's dead. Anyway, keep going. The plot, every time it feels like, oh, it's finally opened up, I'm going to get to play for a bit. No more than 20 minutes and the plot just fucking grinds to a glacial halt again. Also, we need to talk about the fact that this game, whenever it has a disabled character, um, it entirely boils their personality down to has a disability. Um, and also their name is usually something to do yeah, with Yeah, I was about to get to that. The first NPC you meet is a wheelchair-using character uh, who is initially referred to as the Wheeled One. 
um, rather than having a name. Uh, that's not his name. It turns out, back before he was a wheelchair user, his name was Best Before. But now he's in a wheelchair. It's out of date. Yeah, that's... Fucking tacky. That's, that's not good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, if a character has a physical difference or disability, it's gonna be their nickname. You're the one-eyed Ronin, because you got one eye. That's the wheeled one, because they're in a wheelchair. <laughs> Probably don't bother. Yeah, don't... don't play Biomutant. It has ambitious ideas, and I can see... I can see the kernels of an interesting game in here, but... I could see the kernels of an interesting game in here four years ago when yeah, we played a demo. The, the, the problem is that, like, it doesn't get a lot of things wrong, but the things it gets wrong are oh, things boy. that you really can't afford to get wrong. No, thank you. <sighs> What about you? Have you played anything else this week? Uh, I played through Resident Evil Village. <gasps> yeah, you did. Tell me about how that went. It was good. Yeah. I want to play through it again. Uh, I'm slightly more OP this time. Yeah. Um, I'm also curious to play more of the Mercenaries mode, because it was yeah. nice to see Mercenary mode back in. I very much enjoyed that in 3. I haven't played 5 and 6, <laughs> so I don't know if it reappeared there ever, but... Yeah, it's... um. It's. It reminds me very much of four, all the way through. Like mm. I really enjoyed it. I liked the, the puzzling. I liked the exploration. I liked the character designs. I liked the enemies. I liked that. It it felt that sort of typically cheesy Resident Evil yeah. of of yesteryear. It didn't seem to be taking itself too it... seriously. There was one bit that made me go, oh. It's this is just what we are now. Also, this one character has uh, a, a an ability that uh, Ethan doesn't. So if if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. There is a brief section where you play as another character. Yeah. And I was like, I could have used this like throughout the whole fucking it, game because yeah. this game is dark. It's really dark. There, and there if there is, is a light source in your room, you are going to struggle to see this fucking yes, game. There is an ability that makes that less of a problem that would be nice if you could play it on New Game Plus with that ability the whole way through, maybe. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. it. Resident Evil 8 captures everything I loved about Resident Evil 4 mm -hmm. without feeling like it's just retelling that same game. It, yeah, it's, it's its own thing that fits tonally with 4. It's not the Star Wars Episode 7 of Resident Evil. Yeah, it's it it is like this is a definitely a different game. Yeah. But it captures the energy and the the humor and the weirdness and the uh types of horror and types of monster mm -hmm. stuff that mm -hmm. I like about 4. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the puzzliness. I am curious to see like where they go from here. You know what 8 feels like? It feels like the kind of game that you get sometimes when the people who made a popular game break off from the studio to go and make their own spiritual successor. It, it is the, uh, what is it? Oh. Bloodstained? Bloodstained, for sure. Yeah. Right. It, it's that Bloodstained feel. It's yeah. like, like, this is definitely a different game, but also you can sure as hell tell it was made by the people that, like, yeah. that know how to make this. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Resident Evil 8's good. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm curious to see what happens with, because I'm guessing there will be expansions and shit for this, because there was yeah. for seven. And they did some really interesting stuff with that, like the escape room stuff. Yeah. I'm curious if that post credit scene will be what the DLC is, maybe. Either DLC or Resi 9, maybe? Yeah, like I think definitely that's going to be Resi 9, but I wonder if we'll get a taste of it as DLC to... Ooh, tasty. Like, I'm hoping that as DLC we'll get a sense of, like, ooh, what can they do that might be unique? Mm. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. More of these. More of these. <laughs> oh, oh no. We all good. <laughs> uh, what have you played? Uh, uh, I think that's everything I've played this week. Because mm. I watched a video game related thing, but I'll put that in watch. Okay. Uh, I also played The Wild at Heart. Ooh. Uh, it's, it looks very much like um, like something double fine like Costume Quest. But maybe a little bit more painterly. Mm. Um, it is... So it starts out as a story about a kid running away from home with their friend, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to meet their friend in the forest. And they like you. There's clearly like a lot of alcohol cans at home, and they keep having dreams about their dad just sat on the couch in front of the TV, surrounded by alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to struggle with this game, aren't I? <laughs> um, luckily, there hasn't been too much of that. Um, and then there was so basically you wake up in or you fi- you'll find yourself wandering through the uh the forest eventually you meet this sort of sprout creature who introduces you to a man called Greycoat who has kind of a greenish coat apparently he lost the old coat but they still call him Greycoat <laughs> uh he doesn't know what his name was before that he's pretty sure that Greycoat's always been his name Aww. uh he is a member of a faction called the Green Shields who live in the forest, they are weirdos who live in the woods. Uh, there's one who is clearly like a cat lady. There's one who wears a um, like a plague doctor outfit and they make potions. Uh, there's somebody called, I think it's Scrap Heap, who seems to just collect large weird objects you find around and helps you build... Uh, upgrades to your equipment because your main character has a hoover. Um, you eventually find like another character called Kirby, and she gets a like a lamp that that does magical stuff. Um, and basically, it's like what if there was like a proper RPG progression system, like uh, like you know you can slowly increase certain things about yourself. You can, like, uh, there's some crafting aspects in there from scrap you find around the woods. There are, there's also these Pikmin. Yes, I've seen the Pikmin. So it's, uh, and yeah, and progressively you can get more and more uh, control of Pikmin. Like, like five at a time, like more. Start with, I think, 15. I'm up to like 35 now, I think. Um, yeah, and starting to find, like, new factions of Pikmin. I've now got the fire ones. They're not very good with poison, but they will set brambles on fire. So there's that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm kind of enjoying it so far. It's a little bit simplistic. I've had a couple of glitches, but nothing too major. Yeah. Um, seems alright. It's it's very pretty, certainly. 
Um, what else have I played? Oh, I played Astroneer. Started playing Astroneer. Tell me about Astroneer. Um, what if you were uh, land on a planet? You're a space uh, a space person, and you've got to like deal with how, where are your oxygen coming and mm. where your power coming from, and how will you make things? So there's some sort of Minecrafty voxel stuff in there. Like, how will I? How will I um like suck up enough soil or plant matter or like aluminium to make um certain materials and then there's like okay go over here and do smelting but a lot of the progression is based around where you can bring your oxygen to mm. so you have these things called tethers and you're basically like plonking down tethers as you move along you mm. craft them by gathering resources and you can just drop them down, and eventually you sort of make this spider web out from your base. Ooh. Of like, here are the places I've explored. That's that's pretty neat. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, the controls are a little bit finicky. I might try playing with a keyboard and mouse because so far I've only played it with controller, and it's like, oh god, I'm constantly pressing the wrong thing, and it's Oops. things are never quite where I want them to be. Oh no. But um, yeah, it's it's it seems really fun, and I'm curious to like explore more of this stuff. Uh, yeah, that's another one that's on both, of, and uh, the Wild at Heart is also a Game Pass one, so if you've got yeah. it, give them a look. Nice. Is that everything you've played? That's everything I've played. Well, I'm going to put my other gaming thing in watch, <gasps> so time for this. This summer, get on down to Tan Match Foundation Warehouse. Do you find yourself becoming fully vaccinated during the summer? Uh-huh. Want to take off your mask in sensible situations around other fully vaccinated people? Yeah. Oops, you've got a serious case of tan mask. Uh-oh, what am I gonna do? I look like Batman. <laughs> Reverse Batman. With our line of foundations, you can apply just enough foundation to not look like you wore out a mask for the last few months of nice weather. Yay. So, it is my great pleasure to introduce the latest invention from Silicon Valley. We have considered for many years how best to bring our thoughts out into the world. How do we present our thoughts? And, you know, we have PowerPoint presentations, but we wanted to take it further into the future, something more. And we, we looked at the, the, the various types of the future is now materials. And we looked at carbon fiber, and we looked at diamond, and we looked at other forms of carbon, and that brought us to graphite. And so we present you our new revolutionary tool to bring your thoughts to life, to bring things to paper. We're still looking for a name, but this is our new device. It is a, uh, a, a rod with a graphite shaft inside, and you use that to mark your thoughts on a paper. We have revolutionized the whole game here. You, you've invented a pencil. Shit. So, what have you put in your eyes? Uh, well, one of the things I put in my eyes is I watched a half-hour-long uh, press presentation for uh, House press of... Presentation. Presentation for the Dark Pictures anthology House of Ashes. Uh, which, dream. Yeah, it's the next game from Supermassive, the Until Dawn, Man of Medan, Little Hope people that do interactive, make-your-choices horror fiction games. Mm -hmm. Um... 
So, House of Ashes is set in 2003 Iraq during the Iraq War, and the short version of the plot is that four US soldiers who were looking for weapons of mass destruction in Iraq... Uh, and Spoilers, there weren't any. Yeah, exactly. There's a big underground hole of some kind. There's some kind of big gap underground, and they're like, that's where the WMDs are. Uh, earthquake, they and an Iraqi soldier fall down under the ground. Oops, no WMDs down there. Just a Mesopotamian temple of some kind. I mean, it is the oldest civilization on Earth, isn't it? Indeed. Um, so, oh, there's monsters down there. Go escape. Um... In terms of references, apparently the inspirations for this one are things like uh, Alien, Predator, mm-hmm. uh, The Descent. Uh, there's also a H.P. Lovecraft, Mountains of Madness, apparently cited. Ech. Um So mechanically, this very much looks like other um, games in this series. There's a couple of interesting little changes from an uh, a, a, um, accessibility standpoint. Namely, there's now difficulty modes. So rather than just turning timers off entirely, for example, you can have easy mode timers or hard mode timers or turn them off entirely. Um, so that's good. So have they confirmed? We've had to turn uh, them off entirely? My, my understanding is yes. Cool. Um, cool, cool. Yes. Uh, I didn't know that previously, but that seems to be the case. Um, you can tell I've edited this week's text. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've, got a, you've got a manual torch you can point around, which will help you spot things in the dark a little bit. Uh, but from an accessibility standpoint, it's no longer fixed camera angles. You now have full 3D camera control, which honestly, oh, no. for many players, is going to be a positive. But if you're someone who found these games playable because you didn't have to manipulate a camera, that's something you're going to have to bear in mind. Um, but the main thing I want to say about this, um, I touched on this a little bit on accessibility this week, um, is that the... G- <laughs> I worry about potential tokenism of the one Iraqi soldier in the five-player playable cast. I mean, he seems barely visible from what you said in the uh, yeah the thing you saw. In this thirty-minute-long presentation, we got like here's here's an actual gameplay scene between two of the U.S. soldiers. Here's explanations of the plots and backstories for all four of the U.S. soldiers. For uh, Salim, I believe his name is the the Iraqi soldier. All you get is. Here's Salim being scared by a monster. Ah. And then it cuts away. And there's a lot of talk in this presentation of like, oh, will you be able to overcome your own prejudices to survive? And I feel like... I feel like this is like... It's been placed out really obviously that it's going to be like, if you trust Salim, you will survive. But but will you do it though? He's he's different and maybe bad because he's from Iraq. Oh... Maybe he has every reason to hate you because you're American soldiers and bombed this country to shit. Yeah. Destabilize yeah. the government. I, I feel like I feel like the game is going to want to make a multiple hours long narrative arc out of Oh yeah, but will you trust him? You've got to really build up to that. And it's like, this is a choice based narrative. Will you give me the option to just be like, nope, I trust you, we we'll stick together, get through this together. I somehow doubt that's gonna be an option. I I worry that they're going to use the time and setting to be an excuse to be like the, the horrors of spending time with an Iraqi soldier. Oh, I feel like you'll be you'll be fighting the characters on that one. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm concerned that we're going to have to watch a lot of 
we don't have any control over it. Racism happen to get through that. And you know, I've I've not played the full game. You know, I, I'm willing to be to be proven wrong on this. Hoping, but in fact, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I am hoping to be proven wrong on this. But the very minimal amount of like for the, the U.S. soldiers, I can tell you, like you know, ah, oh, so before they before they're in this, they're 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 back in the U.S. and they have like a a big briefing room together, and uh, this one's from the CIA and this one's from the Air Force, and. Oh, when these two first fall underground, one of their teammates is trapped in barbed wire. I can tell you all these things about the US soldiers. I can't tell you a fucking thing about Salim. Hmm. And that does not give me confidence. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I'm going to check it out because I've liked the last two Dark Pictures games. I've enjoyed them. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm bracing for this one. Yeah. Like, I have concerns. DM. I have... There's a lot of ways this could be done wrong, and I hope they manage to avoid them, but there's a lot of ways this could go wrong. Mm. I'm going to be very curious to read um, critiques and breakdowns of this game from people who are not me when Mm. it comes out, because there are perspectives on this game that I'm going to be very interested to hear and to share with other people. Uh, What about you? What have you watched this week? I have watched a lot of Brandon... Uh, fuck, I forgot his name. I had it. Uh, Brandon James Greer. Um, he does pixel art tutorials. <gasps> They're really good. out of tiny squares. They're adorable. They are adorable. We watched, um, yeah, we watched a bunch of them on Sunday while I was yeah. sewing things for you. He does, um, little time-lapse videos of, and talking about, like, hey, here's how I, the design choices I, that went into this bit of art I did. Here's how I made this look very colourful despite having a very limited colour palette. Yeah, here's how I picked the colours that went together, here's how I, p- I did the, worked within limitations of certain systems. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I've, I have been very much enjoying that. It's it's very relaxing. Very pleasant binge watch. It's got a very, very calming voice and it's something you can just sort of like I'm just going to put a bunch of these on while I get on with something else. Yeah. And occasionally look up and go, oh, very pretty art. And most of the pixel art videos end with uh, just some CRT time. Yeah. He's got an old CRT TV. He pops the, the like pieces of art up on the screen. And then we'll do like like really like close up videos so we get all the little pixeling and stuff. Yeah. It's very pretty. Uh, do you want to go through the rest of the things you've watched? Because I've watched one other thing and one you've got thing. several. So if you want to go through yours, I'll hop in with my other one at the end. Oh, Hackens. Uh watched a bunch of the Retro Future videos. Um, this is a guy called Elliot. He repairs and upgrades uh, old Game Boys. Very soothing, pleasant demeanour as he fixes old tech and Isn't finds... It finds obscure bits of tech you might not have seen, and he takes them apart and shows you what's in them. And do you want to see what how I fixed this very limited edition Game Boy Light? Replaced yeah. it, fixed, you know, t- took the screen out, replaced it. He he knows what he's there. doing, but he's also just he's he's just pleasant to watch, and sometimes just does really silly things like the uh, super long Game Boy. Yes, which is yeah, it's it's like two foot long. Ah, uh, but like he's had interesting bits of tech that I didn't know existed on his channel yeah, before, like um. Uh, the, the one that I think about is the Game Boy test cartridge he's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the official Nintendo Help Center one that's designed to be like, press a button, 
this will show up on screen, therefore you know that button's working. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the Game Boy uh, dev kit. Yeah, yeah. Um, wait, was it? A, it might be Game Boy Advance dev kit. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's like this big blue thing. Yes, um, he's, he's got a couple of dev kits for yeah. things that he's taken apart over the years. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating stuff for like, oh, this is, you know, yeah. cool stuff. I think, um, I think the one display of... switch we watched recently. Yeah. Like, it's got a motherboard in it and some weights, but that's it. It's just designed like, like a fake phone in a shop. Why put the motherboard in it? I don't know. Uh, f- for for weight purposes, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, I, I there's some fascinating stuff on that channel. Yeah. Um, I watched a forty-minute-odd uh, documentary on the Captain Disillusion channel about the movie Flight of the Navigator. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen this film? Uh, I'm aware of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't know if it's actually Disney. It's Disneyish. Disneyish. Okay. <laughs> um, it's about a kid who goes to visit NASA, and they have like a uh, an alien spaceship there. <sighs> And he gets onto the ship and goes on an adventure through time <laughs> um, and and has to deal with the fact that he's then put in a facility because he's been near the alien uh, and they want to know what happened. And eventually he has to break out and get back home. I'm not spoiling this plot for you. It came out like when I was seven. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and sort of like how the VFX were done on that. Hmm. Considering, like, CG wasn't much of a thing at the time. Yeah. Like, it was barely a thing. And a lot of it is just, like, we built practical models or we literally animated frame by frame over a thing. Um, Or, like, some of the map paintings in that film are beautiful. Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't know I cared enough about Flight of the Navigator to watch a 40-minute documentary. But by the time it was over, I was like... That was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always fascinated by map paintings as a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, Star Wars is always the one that yeah. I go back to. And it's like, once you know how much of the, how many of those scenes are map paintings, it's like, oh, I can see it, but you sold the effect well. You did an amazing job. You yeah. incredible artists. I, I can only tell because now I know to look for it. No one's moving. Yeah, yeah, the, that and the cardboard cutouts in a few places, that yeah. sort of thing, especially for Star Wars. But like, yeah, like stunning work on, on all of that and um, the stop motion animation for the stairs. So basically the ship is like this weird, uh, almost like a a silver pod thing. Mm. And at one point the, uh, the door and it opens and these stairs appear and it almost looks like part of the pod liquefies. And drips Ooh. down, and then the drips form into these steps. And that was done as a miniature. Like, they filmed just the steps separately, and then they matted it into the film. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Um, and he, he gets hold of the props that they did the stairs and recreates the, the stair do. It's just like, that's incredible. When, how, also, how do they still have these props kicking about? <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah. Just just a, a weird little film that I remember watching as a kid. Yeah. I think I went to the cinema to see that film. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, have I watched anything else? Uh, I watched the new That Time on Murder, She Wrote by Pajit oh, Roses. Always enjoy those. Always enjoyable. Uh, this is a particularly wild episode. Uh, Roses does a really good job breaking it down. But yeah, it's... Um, it's got Sarah Connor and um, Breaking Bad Dad, whose name is... Oh, um, yes, yes. Um, 
Yes, that guy. Mark him in the middle, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, So it's it's quite a wild episode and apparently, like, very much bucks the um, Murder, She Wrote style. So, Mm. yeah, that's what I always like Rose's videos. Yeah. Um, And also Rose's art channel because this really beautiful she's got really heavily into like the the pour, the um acrylic pouring art oh yeah and there's some really beautiful abstracts and stuff on there um and the last thing i watched hmm this popped up in my feed uh bucket heads episode 1 right it's a uh 12 minute fan made uh film of uh of star wars yeah. From the point of view of stormtroopers. Okay. Stormtroopers on Endor. So mm-hmm. they're on Endor and they're fighting Ewoks and Rebel Alliance and they're... then they look up as the fucking Death Star explodes and they're like, well, shit. Yeah. And while I'm like, that's fascinating and especially as, you know, we've seen from like the last uh, mainstream Star Wars film we've or, or main, main story Star Wars film we've seen that you know there are a lot of stormtroopers who aren't really down with everything the Empire are making them yeah. do but this feels very much like oh shit well we, we're just soldiers Gov we're just we're not so bad mm. I mean we do a job and, and and we've been we've been told what to do by the Empire our whole lives and Centrist, we, we, centrist, centrist. We, yeah, it's got real centrist vibes. Like you didn't need uh, to humanize oh, general stormtroopers for me. Oh, I forgot to mention how centrist biomutant is in places. I meant to prompt you on that earlier and then I completely oh, forgot. I'm, I'm gonna mention it here in the what we've watched, fuck it. <laughs> um yeah, the moral choice system that exists in biomutant. Should I be a centrist or right wing? Yeah, so the the first narrative choice you have is which of these two factions do you want to go um team up with do you want to be with the the very clear fascists who are just like hey we want to eradicate weakness in a cleansing like they use the term cleansing for how they're gonna destroy the weak or do you want to be on the other side which you know you assume it's setting up it's going to be like a the the sort of left-wing nice team no it's the painfully dull centrists who want unity at, uh, under an iron fist and they're going to force you to do things their way and they're just painfully centrist. It's Do you want to be the fascists or the centrists? It's it's the choice that you get in, in voting at the moment. Do you want to vote for the fascists or for the, cent- the centrists? Right. <laughs> the centrists that you really don't want to vote for but I guess they're not as bad as the fascists and we do need to keep the fascists out so I guess them. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, have you watched anything else? <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched. Um, I've watched a couple of no clip documentaries recently. The one I watched today was the Astroneer one. Um, this is the one when when you were like, "You okay?" I was like, "I'm crying." I watched a very sad documentary. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, so it's about like a bunch of people who had worked for various game studios going, "I want to make a dream game." Yeah. And it's a little space person. And like just sort of like watching the game grow from almost nothing to like here is here is a thing we put out um content warning somebody dies they don't explain exactly what happens, but I get the impression either it was very very sudden or it was a suicide mm. um that's not specifically said 
Um, but like the, they talk, they they talk quite nicely about what what the 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 company is like to work for. They have a policy. They have an unwritten policy of if you don't feel like coming in, like you can't come into work, just don't come in. Just let someone know. Yeah, that's fine. Um, which seems like a really good thing because having mental health days is important. Yeah. Um, but it's about like the friends getting together and and working on this thing and getting other people in, and then obviously like somebody's just like you know I'm done. I'm gonna leave. And somebody else's, obviously, they had a death, and then they had, like, new people trying to come in. And they finally got their 1.0 release, and it's like, shit, we've got so much to do. <laughs> um, it seems like like more stuff has been done, and they've done done a lot since then. And obviously, it's now up, because I've played it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was something I'd sort of seen briefly before watching the... The documentary, I was like, I'm going to say I know that. And I had, uh, but I hadn't got around to playing it. So, <sighs> yeah, it's it's another, like, beautifully in-depth no-clip video. Um, yeah. Sort of talking through about how that game was made and, and the people involved. Um, I always like a good no-clip video, because yeah. it's just good at doing that thing. Yeah. Uh, what are you watching? Uh, the only other thing I've been watching is uh, a Netflix show, uh... Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Um, so this is a person who is usually a stand-up stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, d- very similar kind of show to something like Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. It is a deep dives into into ongoing newsworthy-ish topics done with a bit of humour while also educating on a serious topic that more people need to learn about. Mm. It's that kind of a show. It's like Hey, today we're going to do half an hour about um, uh, China's Me Too movement uh, and how mm-hmm. it is pushing back against Chinese internet censorship and um, making some real forward progress for women in China despite attempts to clamp down on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really interesting one. There was one about the uh, the fast fashion industry and how Ooh. it how it functions. Um, there was a really good one about uh, what were what were some of the other ones I watched today? I I've been watching a bunch of them. Um, but yeah, really interesting deep dives communicated with a good sense of humor to be like just enough humor to 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 be like don't get too depressed, don't get too depressed. We've got to learn. We've got stuff to learn still. Okay, we're gonna end on maybe a little bit of a bummer, but like but like a here's what you can do to you know to do something about mm. that. Um. Good show. Anyone who enjoys last week tonight, I would recommend checking out Patriot Act. It is, it is, it is well done show. Um, lots of lots of very good informative stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you watched anything else this week? I think that's it. Well then, time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, are you ready to get back into the office? Uh, <laughs> not written. No. Back into the office. No. The outside world's a lot. Do you have a loved one who's got to return to the outside world? Got I to mean, get back in. Probably sooner than later, but that mm, I don't want to think about it. It's scary. I'm not ready. Well, there is one lovely company. They're the Society Reintegration Centre. And they are going to teach courses on small talk. Oh, oh, that thing we have to talk to, say... Mm, Other uh, people. Yeah, pretend oh. to be interested in their lives. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. People uh, you don't know, got to talk about... 
oh no, I have to ask them what the weather's been like. And, oh no. Yeah, some uh, is soup a thing? I think. Yeah. Do people talk about soup? How's you? How's how's your sourdough going? How was your sourdough cat dog child? <laughs> how is your sourdough cat dog child? <laughs> Delete is applicable. Do you want advice on wearing clothes? What clothes are suitable for outside? Oh no, can I can I not just wear the same pair of pajamas four days in a row? You can't just wear the same pair of pajamas four days in a row. You can't match pajama bottoms with the baggiest t-shirt in the world. Oh no. You oh. will have to wear socks and or shoes. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not ready for this. Well, I've, that's, I've, that's I've, why they're here. I've gone feral, I need help. <laughs> okay, do you want to know how to smile awkwardly at strangers? Oh god, they're going to be able to see the bottom half of my face. Yeah, you're not just going to be able to pull faces. And... I'm, I'm not going to be able to like silently mouth fuck off at people who are mean. You're not going to be able to, you know, lick your own nose if if it happens to be running while you're walking around the supermarket. Oh no, no. Yep, you're not going to be, you know, going to be able to do any of the things that you could get away with hiding. Oh no, I need help. Well, that's where they're going to come in. That's where they're going to help you. Do you need to know? How to uh, deal with uh, passing people in the shops in uh, in the aisles? Oh, oh God! The whole they're oh, going to no, be near after, you. After, after you. After you. Oh no! They're going to get rid of the. They're oh, going to be near you. Oh no! I need help. I know. Well, uh, that's why the Society for Reintegration Center, Society Reintegration Center, are here to help you. Oh. Head on over to src.lol.net and enter the code QNPS160. I don't know. We've been off for two weeks. I can't remember what number. I'm guessing 1678. <laughs> 1678. <laughs> Romeo, Romeo. <laughs> uh, so that's src.lol.net. This is Society Reintegration Center. And enter the code QNPS1678. And, uh, yeah, get uh, 20% off your first week of courses on getting back into society. Those can be done virtually. Those can be done as an audiobook. Whatever you need, just to gently ease you in. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi. So, uh, remember last summer... Uh, we had that whole, um, us being bad to our workers story that broke. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how these stories keep getting out. I mean, it, nothing's changed, but, uh... Yeah, yeah, so the whole, the whole sexual whatever it was accusations we got against us. That was uh, us. Oh. Yeah, I, you know, people people forgot about it, right? I forgot about it. Why didn't exactly. they? Yeah, you know, we've released video games, people reviewed the video games, liked the video games, they bought the video games. Buy the video games. So... Here's the problem. Some newspaper re reignited everything by by reminding people that we haven't actually done anything about any of these accusations. Like, we said, ah, oh, we'll work on it, and we didn't do anything. What about all the people that resigned? And we let them keep all their shares and stuff. Apparently, they, that doesn't count. Apparently. <sighs> Solemn JPEG, right? Solemn JPEG. So... I've been trying to think, like, what what can we do to defuse this situation? Because there's people saying, you didn't change anything, you're still a bad company. Like, what, what can we do about this? Sensitivity training. I mean, that sounds like I would have to actually listen to, uh, you know, people talk about feelings. That's, that's gross. How about this? We make the interns go for sensitivity <sighs> training. So, like, a number of our staff... 
not on the board, obviously. Yeah, uh, but you know, a number of our staff Actually, what are if we, having to deal with that. What if we just send everyone that isn't the executives? Because then we can say the vast majority of our staff uh, were were put on sensitivity training. Yeah, you know, we'll put a couple of uh, little exceptions here and there. Well, you know, we'll just say that they were uh, busy working that day, but we will get around to that, and then we'll just fudge the numbers next year yeah, and say yeah. that, you know, it was different people that went on sensitivity training. Well, I've got one other solution. I've got sure. one idea of what, what might be easier. Sure. We just put out a press release that says, Nah, nah, we, we, we made it better. We, fi we fixed it. How do you respond to the accusations that nothing has changed? Yeah. It has changed. It, it, it has changed. How has it changed? Well, no, it's yeah. changed. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's changed, it's though. Changed. It's changed. Solemn JPEG. I, th I, I think we got a winner here. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Oh, I put a few bits of music in my ears this week. Shall I rattle through them and rattle through things? Um, I listened to "Transparent Soul" by Willow, featuring Travis Barker, the drummer we watched in the Sphere that went upside down. Oh yeah, the weekend. Um, so this is Will Smith's kid, who previously musically I only knew for "I Whip My Hair Back and Forth" uh, many years ago. Are you do you remember that? Not good song. I'll whip my hair back and forth. 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 Somehow that escaped me. No, it was not good. Uh, but this is good. Uh, it is a really, really... This is Willow, right? Yeah, yeah Willow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so really, really good um, melodic rock track. Um, feels very sort of like late 2000s um, melodic rock. But what I find interesting about the track is Willow's vocal line and vocal delivery is completely not what I would expect out of a rock track. It's a lot more punky. There's 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 punk moments, there's spoken word moments, and there's like almost opera, like much more uh, not rock, not rock vocal in mm. there. There's there's a lot of playing around in the space vocally that you don't usually get with those sort of power chord driven guitars. Mm. It is a great track. I can't stop listening to it. I've had it on <laughs> loop. It is, it is the it is the most a song has gripped me in a while. Mm. I'm very into it. So, uh, Willow, Transparent Soul, go check it out. I fucking love that track. Um, I also listened to You Didn't Ask for This by Trash Bag Ponchos. Uh, sort of a folk punk track about wanting to make rough at the edges music when you don't really know how to, and the radical act of loving each other in the face of a world that d doesn't seem to have noticed everything's gone to shit. Um, really sweet, lovely, positive track. Um, and the last one I listened to was a track called Sweet Hibiscus Tea by Penelope Scott. Uh, a very sort of, it, it's a piano track with a very bouncy folk vocal line over it about wanting to just not see to try and fight not seeing yourself as important uh it's delivered in a style that feels very much like it would fit at home in the third act of a musical it's that kind of a track mm. um very fun track it feels very one person in a room with a microphone pointed at them and the micro uh, and the piano like 
probably done in a take sort of energy to it. It's a good track, though. What about you? What have you put in your ears this week? I listened to you drumming. You did. You drum now. I have drums again. I have electric drums, so I won't disturb the neighbours too much. Yeah, drum, 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 drum. Yeah, it's been... God knows how many years since I last touched an actual drum kit. Probably like seven years since I drummed properly. Well, you did good diddly-doos. Yeah, I, we, we we spent several hours getting the, the, the electric kit set up properly. Yeah, it took a um, while to get it all built. Yeah, but the, once it's set up, I, I know how it works now. It's all good. Um, I, I mainly spent my first session practicing some of the fundamentals and trying to get my hands used to like do doing the things that it hasn't done in a while. While I sat on YouTube listening to like the greatest drum fills. The greatest drum is which is how we found the Man in the spinny ball. Yes, yes, Travis Barker in his spinny drum ball. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was a fun day. Listened to lots of drumming there. Yeah. I've started listening to the Magnus Archives from the, the beginning. I, I did notice. How how far in are you? Uh, 19 episodes. Mm. Uh, listening to, yeah, like, there's a lot of sitting there listening to and going, ah, oh, that's that. Ah, oh, yes. that's that. Yeah. Um... So, 20 episodes in, I imagine you're at the point where it's starting to maybe hint at the large in meta-narrative. And... Um, Martin's off sick. Martin's been off sick for a while. Yeah. Um, which I just glazed over the first couple of times I listened yeah. to this. Yeah. In fact, just like generally like acknowledging the assistance at all. Yes. Because it, they felt so throwaway the, in the, the first time I listened to it. And then the yeah. second time I was like, oh, I know that person and I know that person. And, ooh, is that person who they say they are? Ooh. Mm-hmm. And, um, but this, obviously this third time I'm like, oh, it's mine. Wow, you really fucking hate Martin, huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> he did not get on with him. I always like mine. He's a fucking liability. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, so there's been a lot of, like, class, obviously classifying the 14, um, and trying to work out, like, obviously some of those early stories were a bit more vague about where they were with the fears. And just like, oh, okay, um, that, that's, like, that, that, I'm guessing that's kind of about darkness or buried or, or whatever. So it's been, it's been interesting hearing that stuff and character names that I should mention and spotting things like uh, Jane Prentice a lot earlier and lots of talk about the uh, the not maggots slightly longer worm things going around um, like those are sort of <laughs> scattered through the first 19 episodes so I kind far. of want to go back and re-listen I mean that was the thing I think we've talked about it a couple of times about like yeah. now we've listened to the whole series right to the end I'm you know what I'm you know what I'm waiting for I want to get a little bit into uh the new adventure zone series before mm-hmm. I go back into Magnus cuz uh that is one thing I I I've continued listening to their sort of prologue playing the uh the long year Yeah um, I'm very much enjoying that setup and world building. I still think you definitely need to look at the maps they've provided while you mm. listen, at least if you have Aphantasia. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, apart from that, that's that's really all I've been listening to. I've been thinking about writing music more than I've been listening to music. Really, that's fair because uh, I've got two weeks off coming mm. up soon uh, from from next week. So. 
I'm hopefully going to sit down and write some more music. Well, if you... at the beginning of this year, it was like, I'm going to write an album by December. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, if, you put, if you make any music you'd like some drums for, I, I can help drums. Yeah. You can welcome, most welcome to come and drum for me. Yeah. Diddly do. Diddly do. Diddly 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 do. Boom boom. <laughs> yeah. Well then. Time for this. Well, you say you want to make things better for everyone, but playing devil's advocate, I don't really know. Does anyone really have a right to choose abortions? Does anyone really have a, a right to choose what 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 you should be able to do with your body? I don't think you should be able to do that. I think maybe you need to consider society as part of that. Playing devil's advocate. Uh, sorry. Hello? Hello, yes, um... What, what, what are you doing? I'm playing, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I have absolutely no skin in this game, but I just thought, you know, it's important that people see both sides of the argument. Uh, take, take just a second to have a look at me. Do you know who I am? Some kind of beta cuck, I imagine. I'm, I'm the devil. The one, the one who you're apparently advocating for. Hello. So let me put it simply, I don't need you to advocate for me. I really don't. But, um, I, I didn't, I just wanted to just, you know, present the other side of things. Hey, how about this? You present, present your opinion, and if that's a shitty asshole opinion, you own that and don't offload it on me because I do not stand behind half of the bullshit you say. You're the devil. You must stand for the worst things. <laughs> Look, I might be the devil, but at least I'm not you. There's only so low I'll go. You're, you're, you're not very nice, are you? Uh, resorting to aggressive tactics, aren't you? Just Now you're just a old ad hominem attacks on me. Uh, right, minions, throw them in the pit of advocacy. Get off me, get off me. No, not, the, not in my bottom. No, it's the pointy thing in my bottom. Oh, hi, how are you doing? Glad to be back in the office. Uh, Carol? Oh, okay. Uh, Janice, have you, um, have you seen Carol? She has been under there ever since she got back in the office. Under there, I swear she's wearing her pyjamas. And she's got all of the welcome back muffins. Fine. Fine. They're not all yours, Carol. Fine. They're for sharing. <laughs> she, tri she tried to bite Luna when they asked if she had the quarterly figures. I got too close. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is... I don't think this is going to work. She's... <sighs> She's not ready for the office. I can do the reports. I just need to do them down here where it's dark. <laughs> My muffins. My quarterly reports. <laughs> questions, Sam. Let's have questions. What's the questions? Uh, Larry Ellingham-Bios, you're a protagonist in a Kingdom Hearts game. How many belts do you wear and how spiky that hair? Um, all of the belts, 
And my hair is nothing but spikes. It's not even hair anymore. It's just metal cones. It is just spikes. Heck, that's, that's dangerous. I'm more I'm more belt than person at this point. Oh heck. Um, I've got like like three around my waist. One sort of across my shoulders and down, like a bandolier. Um, I've got like three on each leg. I think. Yeah. You've got to have at least one as like a bracelet. I've got one across my chest so my titties don't bounce too much. Ah, I see. Because <laughs> uh, apparently that's a whole thing now, a titty band. Uh, one of them across the head as if it's a Naruto headband. Yep, one of them across my mouth because it's a mask. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and nose. Don't forget my nose. Yes. There's one across my mouth and nose, I should say. <laughs> I don't want to be thought of, of, of a nose poker. Um, and the hair it is... I look like I've just I, I I've got my finger on a Van der Graaff generator. The hair is just from <laughs> it's it's all yeah straight. It's it's as straight as my hair has ever been. Uh, Michael asks, uh, what is a toy of your youth or a memory of a toy of your youth that you fondly think of from time to time? Oh, have you got an answer on hand for this? I really want a rhino from Mask. <laughs> yeah, I keep looking at them on eBay and going. Gonna get one of those one day. Are they are they overly expensive or? I think the last one I looked at was about two hundred pound boxed complete. Oh, it's like mm, can't justify it. Don't want it that badly. Like I would love it. Yeah, I would love it. I would probably play with it a decent amount. But also, like, got a lot of stuff already. Don't have we yes. like we. I dread us moving out of here. Yeah, we've got so much stuff. We had a lot of stuff when we moved in. We've got a fuck ton now. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. fine. Uh, yeah, like I've I've run out of space to put transformers, so I, I, I can't justify getting a huge ass fucking uh, truck with a, uh, like a cool rocket out the side yeah. and like a big exploding thing so, on the front. And <laughs> I just like the shape of Kenworth trucks. I think. Yeah. And the fact that it's like this beautiful crimson. And it's got all these cool features on it, like all of the mask stuff. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, mine's not one that I would, you know, want as a collector as an adult, but I, I remember very fondly thinking back. Was one of those uh, plastic, like, car parks for little toy cars. Oh, like uh, the, Was it Weebles or Fisher-Price car parks? Yeah, it might have been something like that. It's one of those where, like, you, you could turn a handle to make the, uh, the, the lift in the car park go up and then, yeah, go down the spiral down for the car park. One, essentially one of those. The Fisher-Price car park, yeah. No yeah, I, I remember that very fondly. I, I remember, like, other kids having it. Like, I remember it very well. I remember loving Weebles. Yes. They wobble but they don't fall down. Yeah. I, I remember this this was something that my that was at my dad's house. Ah. This was this was something at Dad's house. Uh, yeah, I do oh the, mm, okay, big yellow teapot. Oh yes. Big yellow teapot. Um one I saw at other kids' houses and was like, This looks brilliant, I really want one. I bet they're phenomenally expensive now. Yeah. Um and the big tree. Yeah. With the do the pop up and there's all the things in the tree and there's all yeah. the people in the tree and yeah that uh, I remember other kids having these things like I am aware of them existing. <laughs> they looked great fun. Yeah, uh, of toys of my own that I remember having. Uh, I had the Fisher Park Price, um, uh, the wheelie telephone. Oh yeah, and it's got little eyes that go yes, as it yes, goes along. yes. I remember having that. 
I remember playing with it a lot. No idea what happened to it. I guess at some point it either broke or got thrown away in one of my parents' rages. Oh no. Oh, your toes go in the bin. Yeah. Um, got too real. Um, if given the option of putting wife, brain, soul into the body of any fictional character, who would it be? For clarity's sake, they have all they know. They just gain the body of a fictional person. And who's this question from? This is also from Michael. Uh, I like you in your body. I, I like want you, you to be body. in a fictional person's body. What if my body was in a body with... with My brain was in a body with a slightly more successful heart. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, will st- I will body swap you only because it gives you a slightly better chance <laughs> of surviving. Yay! Um... Which who do you who do you want to be? Demetrask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can live with that. I was I, I was looking at videos of how to make uh, cosplay extendy fingers. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I could cosplay Demetrask <laughs> with like the one big oh. hands. <laughs> oh. Uh, Canadry <laughs> uh, asks. What's one thing you wish your caretakers knew in advance for them to help you to recover from vaginoplasty? Oh, um... Uh, this one's to my parents. Whatever the fuck you do, don't bring me a plate with my dead name on it when I am sad and tired a few days out of surgery. I was not emotionally prepared for that one. Uh, I wish that... Not necessarily my my caretakers... But I wish my landlord knew that there was a leak in my shower and that <sighs> it was nearly going to collapse through the ceiling two days after I got home from hospital yeah. and desperately still needed to use it. Um, and luckily they were kind. They didn't like, we're going to have to rip out your whole bathroom and you're going to have to hobble across the floor while you're covered in lube three times a day um, to get to like the other bathroom in this building. Um, they reinforced the the floors and all sorts of other things. Yeah. Um, like just to hold the building just up, just to buy you some time, to buy me like three months of time until they could repair that. And to Yay. be fair, I got a really nice bathroom afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really wish I'd known that was going to happen. Like yeah. with plenty of time before I went into yeah. hospital. Just throw throw out the dead name plates before I come stay with you. It's like, not. It's not a good emotionally prepared time. Throw out the good the dead name plates as soon oh, as the dead name is no longer. I know, indeed, indeed. But like, particularly, don't don't go handing it to me when I'm emotionally, I'm hormonally wrung out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alpha asks, "Why is evil? Greed? Uh, yes, capitalism. Yeah, which is also selfishness." See also greed. Yep. Uh, Phoenix asks, if we could eat grass as good nutrition, do you think it would be everywhere as it is? Now, I reckon people would probably be packaging it and uh, demanding loads of extra money for it. Um, or they it would be fenced off somewhere. It would be like we, we would have to make sure we were paying for it. Yes. You, they, instead of don't walk on the grass signs, you'd have no eating the grass signs. They would like specifically put pesticides on all the grass. Oh, you're right. Just so would. that we couldn't eat it. 
You'd have to buy, like, special eating grass. It would be illegal to grow grass at home. Yeah. Or, yeah. or they, like, the seeds that you can get to grow grass at home is the wrong kind of grass for eating. They'd capitalism grass. They would capitalism grass. <laughs> um, oh my god, the same ask. Same question, but subtract two letters. So if you could eat ass as good nutrition, <laughs> do you think it would be everywhere as it is? I yeah. mean... I think it, we would live in a fully socialist society. Yeah, capitalism has yet to work out a way to take away our asses, and therefore, if we could nutritionally just eat ass, socialism would be here by now. Mm. Eat ass, eat good. Good nutrition. Um, Math Tiger asks, how do you define a sandwich? A filling between two slices of bread. Yep, agreed. Or a bum. Or a bap. Yes. Or a bum. Or any of the other words used for, for a, a roll. A glutinous bread-based something on either on either side of a filling. Yeah, but not two, to be mistaken for a wrap. Two separate pieces. I think it has to be two separate pieces. I'm going to have a hinge. Yeah. You're going to have a bread hinge. Yeah, you can have a bread hinge. The internet has litigious this question into the ground. They have. It's a filling between two bits of bread-ish stuff. I'm 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 gonna go one one more. Ah, uh, I'm gonna get my spicy take in. A burger isn't a fucking sandwich. Whatever you think is a sandwich is a sandwich. Enjoy, except a burger. Ah, uh, Future Fishy <laughs> asks, why is knitting so complicated? Because it involves dexterity. Uh, knitting, kn- knitting is potentially complicated. Uh, you can you can do coding in knitting. You can do binary as knitting. Ooh. Knit one, pearl one. Indeed. Or knit, knit, pearl, 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 knit, 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 pearl, knit, pearl, knit, pearl, 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 knit, 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 knit. They know the ways. And they ask, can I have a little encouragement as a treat? Yeah, of course you can. You can do it. Encourage, encourage. I believe in you. You're going to be great. I'm excited to see your restarted piece of knitting. Don't get too discouraged about having to restart. Because knitting is hard, yeah. especially if you have like anything with motor function issues, yeah. uh, or counting, or attention deficit. Finding something hard is the first step to being great at it. You're going to be great. Sucking at something is the first step to being kind of good at something. I think it's... that's a Jake the Dog quote. Yep. Yeah. Um. Tricky ask. Why doesn't Captain Have a Planet have a boat or a ship? Doesn't he fly everywhere? That's what I would have assumed, and also, like, his whole thing was no pollution. Those four modes of transport cause pollution. Exactly. He wouldn't want a pollution causing cause vehicle. I suppose if we could have, like, a, a push boat, or like a paddle boat. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, J. Jacob Marion asks, are you morning people or night owls? <laughs> ah, we, are, we are. We are night people. We are, we are night people. The mornings bring... No, don't get up. This is my leggy. I'm staying here forever. Yeah. No, we we do snuggles now and maybe go back to sleep. And... <laughs> yes, we are reluctant morning people. Um, We snuggle in bed in the morning. Yeah. We don't get up. Yeah. So, uh, hey, fun fact, ADHD often equals uh, later circadian rhythm. <laughs> you go to bed later, you wake up later. That's why I'm very glad that my day job allows me to work ten sixes instead of nine fives. Exactly, it's why I'm glad I work from home and I'm self-employed. Mm. 
Mm. I'd have to be like up at six to get into the office by nine that requires a commute. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I very much appreciate being able to just roll out of bed. Roll out. And then work till like 1am. Right. Well, that's all the questions. <gasps> well then, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social Justice Warriors. Social Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Feels like I've not seen you in a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was busy last week, you know. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Have you seen the discourse going around this week? Uh, uh, well, yeah. We, we talked about the number of tran- anti-trans articles. Are we well, talking about that, uh, yeah. whatever the fuck Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene happens to be? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was <laughs> specifically going on about the. I was thinking about the pride-related stuff. This oh, year. yeah, that's resurfaced again, hasn't it? Yes, yeah. one of a few things have resurfaced. So, first of all, we're having the bloody conversation about cops at Pride again. Cops. No cops at Pride. No cops at very Pride. Simple. Not even if they put out press releases going, "We're very sad. Some of us are gay cops. Why can't we come?" You can take the fucking uniform Look, off you and the, don't you... like act like a cop. Exactly. Come, come. Not as a cop. Not dress like a cop. Not acting like a cop. None of us will fucking know you were a cop. You can be there as a gay person. Don't, don't try and bring your cop identity to Pride. Exactly. And oh, just to all the people who are like. Oh, yeah, but who will protect you from, you know, attacks if there's no cops? Not the you fucking know. cops. First of all, not the fucking cops. Can't fucking trust them to protect you. Second of all... I mean, you... look how they look. treated trans people last year. Yeah, uh, with, last uh, year, year before yeah, uh, London, with, uh, Pride. London Pride. letting the uh, the turfs not only hijack the front of the march, but also... Threatening to arrest trans people. Exactly. Who, who, you know, told the turfs to fuck off. Well, you know, especially given the fact that those turfs were, you know, calling uh, trans women rapists and paedophiles. Exactly, and but you say fuck off back to them and now I'm being attacked uh, yeah, yeah. yeah you know if if, if 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 you if we cannot avoid having them somewhere nearby at least do what you know some pride events do tell them that they stay several streets away and do not come unless called and leave as soon as as, as possible and minimize their visibility and their presence yeah. they're not welcome they're not fucking welcome no but oh did you see the other bit of discourse going around the uh Kink at Pride discourse. Oh, of course, no, Kink at Pride, yeah, I'm guessing that this is another channel. Yeah, yeah, this is this year's, um, oh, what they call it, Operation Prideful, uh, yeah. Prideful that's it, where as soon as Pride Month comes around, you get 4chan shit bags. Oh, we've got another op going. Yeah, what are we going to suggest this year? Previous years, it's been the, um, LGBT people want to put paedophile in the, uh, in, in the, the oh, acronym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the P is that. for pansexual, thank you very much. Yeah, we've had that before, you know. Every year we get something, and this year it is, uh, it's kink at pride. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, miscommunication in this, because when people say kink, it's, you know, it's, some people are conflating it as, you know, shitting on someone's chest on a parade float whereas that doesn't happen no what we're talking about is you know no one's gargling piss on a parade float no someone they might be wearing leather yeah they might you might see someone wearing leather trousers and a leather you know a leather harness or you know a, you might even see a leather like dog hood you might see some chaps you might see a butt you might see a butt but again oh so much of the the spread of this feels rooted in sexuality is a bad thing when it's gay people because you know when, when we're talking about leather people at pride it is very rare for anyone to be dressed in a more risque manner than say 
a sexualized, uh, you know, uh, a thong bikini. Thong, a thong bikini, exactly. Like, oh, but it's 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 a, it's a male coded person. Well, exactly. You can have, you know, a tr- attractive cis woman in a thong bikini at the beach as a sex object on TV. No one put- clutches their pearls and says, "Oh, what the what about the children?" But oh no, there's a man with, uh, you know, his his bottom might be visible and he's wearing a leather top. But no, oh, there's no all you can see is chest underneath it. That's not inherently sexual. No, exactly. Just, you know, maybe the problem is that these bigots are turned on by it, but that doesn't necess- that doesn't in any way make it. Uh, you know the the that that gay person or queer person's uh, problem or identity, yeah. and also like a lot of the conversation, the way this conversation has evolved, is sort of like pride should be safe, for, you know, should be safe for all, and if anything makes anyone uncomfortable or is you know is it, is it deemed inappropriate, then it shouldn't be there. Which the you go down a very dangerous road when you start very saying dangerous. that about pride because yeah. it is not going to stop at the gay men wearing leather because as soon as you start getting into um acceptable appearance other groups are going to get caught with that um, yeah they you know, will they will use it as a wedge like yeah. like trans people are being used as a wedge well, politically well is they the, are using going to yeah. use it as a wedge and they will chisel away until there is well, nothing left you, you know how easy it is because the turfs are already you know will already say trans people are 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 dressed in kink they are people in fetish gear you are a man dressed up as a woman that's a fetish thing well you know? have you seen their new t-shirts <sighs> yes yes so <laughs> yeah that 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 is inherently saying that you know yeah. it is a kink and they they're, they're doing it in public but this is this is the thing is as soon as you like that's that's where this road goes is oh you can't have someone in a you know a leather top at pride because think or the children or a pophood it very quickly becomes no that's that's someone that's someone in drag that's a kink thing therefore stop them no bigots at pride no bigots at pride you know hey if you've ever actually fucking been to pride every year when the people in the in the leathers and the the pop hooded people come by you get the biggest fucking cheer for them everyone loves them yeah they have usually well, got they usually have got the best music and exactly. the kinksters aren't up to anything inherently sexual you might be seeing a bit of skin but don't don't sexualize them yeah it, we the world is much more willing to jump to that is sexualization when an a queer person's involved yeah you know some people are very into uniforms and so i would say that uh, no cops at pride yeah. because that's that's clearly too kinky. Yeah. That, that's the only kink I <laughs> believe should be allowed at Pride. No, no cop kink at Pride. Yeah. Think, uh, ambulance workers and fire brigade. Yeah, yep. fine. <laughs> cops, that's a kink too far. Yeah, no cops, no military. Yeah. Virtual uh, luck, Virtual luck. <sighs> Not long now, mate. Counting the days down now. Oh, it's going to be a big um, one. I'm I'm good by the end of uh, end of June, I think. I've got to wait to uh, a little bit into August, but uh, yeah. Oh, oh gosh, we're we're well, couple couple of months off now. Oh, oh yeah. <sighs> right, mate. I think I'm gonna uh, go for a lie down. Yeah, same, same. Nice, nice. Sleep well. Yeah. So, Laura. Me? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz, pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Uh, you can find me Twitch streaming Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. 
every Friday, other than a week like this where there's an embargo happening. I upload episodes of Accessibility, which is about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Uh, this week's episode will have gone up a day early because House of Ashes embargo. Um, other than that, I've got books, Uncomfortable Labels, that's out now. It's about being autistic and trans. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, that's out now. It's about video and character butts. Uh, Gender Euphoria comes out on June 10th. It's it's a bunch of non-cis people's real-life positive gender-affirming stories. Um, by the time you hear this, backer copies might be shipping already because people have been emailed asking, like, hey, last chance to check your address before we post it to you. Um, so that's exciting. People are going to be able to read your words. I wrote some words too. Yeah, they're in there. They're good words. I'm glad you like them. Yeah. I hope they, they like them too. I think they will. I know they will. Uh, I also do podcasts. Pixel Squirts about video game character pornography. Podquisition. We tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. And Dice Funk is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, every season's its own story, so jump in wherever. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Also, I'm on a podcast with you that isn't this one. With me, that yeah. with Polly Armour. A new episode of that went up last week. You can listen to that. Uh, it's you've left Felix though. You've you've you're done with the cat, cats now. <gasps> Moving on to the age of steam. <gasps> oh yeah, I know where we're up to. Yeah, you've gone to uh, Lankingham. <laughs> The city of Lanking and the city of Steam. Um, there's interesting things with robots, uh, and I hope everyone is enjoying that. Let's listen to it already. I make music under the name Bedroom Programmer, uh, and hopefully there will be all new music up there, because I'm very excited to get some quality time to just sit down in front of a computer and bang out some tunes. Um, uh, we've got a Facebook group, we've got a Redbubble, we've got a Discord... Uh, if you want to link to that, you can hit me up on Twitter and I will send you an invite because we, we try and keep that locked down for everyone's safety. Yours and mine. Uh, I've got a red bubble where I designed t-shirts. I've got some designs that I've had, had bubbling away in my head that I would like to put up in the next couple of weeks. So watch out for those. Uh, StarMonkeyRadio.blog where I write reviews for board games mostly. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel which is mostly VODs of my uh, my Twitch which is Thursdays at 7.30 UK time approximately. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Patreon. That's the one that pays my bills for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify a 76 hour work week. That's patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. All of my other links can be found at streamerlinks.com slash janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Alright. Sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will. Mm-hmm.